They called us deplorables. They shut down our country. They say our thoughts are disinformation. is our response, The Rob Carson Show. It's a Thursday edition of The Rob Carson Show, and we've got five days until Election Day. Welcome to it, kids. There is uh, a lot on the plate today, including another hateful speech last night by a a senile president. We will get to that uh, very shortly, and I know that your hackles were up if you had a chance to see any of it. I, I don't think anybody watched it in real time. Nobody pays attention to Joe Biden, but there certainly was a lot of talk about it last night and there was uh, one big question for you and me that i think stood out above all else and that is a question of election integrity and if the democrat party is going to attempt to steal this midterm because there was plenty of uh, hinting that uh, joe biden and uh, karine jean pierre are saying that republicans if democrats win which i mean is ungodly unlikely right now and it would be scandalous if they were able to uh win uh because uh the democrat party has completely screwed up the country and people are really pissed and every bellwether every poll even if it isn't about a direct you know it, it's uh, general bulldog versus uh, Hassan, uh you know none of that matters uh, because there are other polls that say 80% of the people in the country feel the country is going in the wrong direction. 70% of the uh, people in the country feel the country is going in the wrong direction. You've got uh, ungodly things happening with regard to the economy. 29 million U.S. households already cannot afford to pay their bills, buying fewer groceries, barely able to keep the lights on. And uh, they're focusing on this. They're focusing on, uh, oh, yeah, the uh, election's better. You know, the Republicans better accept the results. Why? Why? Why is this? Why the speech last night? Why in the hell did the speech happen last night? And he, and he, took, the, uh, he took the gloves off again last night. He delivered that awful speech in front of Constitution Hall in Philadelphia a couple uh, weeks ago, a couple months ago. And it was uh, bat guano crazy, leftist, uh, totalitarian, dictatorial in its, uh, in its language. And last night was no different. And you're concerned about this election being stolen. I don't blame you. Because they did it the last one. And because what's happening in Brazil. Oh, you can't say that about Brazil. Oh, hell yeah, I can say that about Brazil. Because uh, conservatives won down ticket in Brazil. And the conservative ruler of the country lost by a fraction. Just a little. Like one percentage point. The same thing happened here in 2020. And you know what else happened? Here, in 2020, as people hit the streets, as people went out, as people got on social media to say, hey, man, there's something wrong here. This should not have happened because they stopped vote counting at, uh, at uh, the same time in five battleground states. And, and uh, there was a water main break in Georgia that shut down the vote camp. You find out that that never happened. You find out in places like, uh, like Pennsylvania that nursing homes had 100% voter turnout, even though most of the people in those nursing homes aren't able to vote at all. 
Even relatives were interviewed about that. Yeah, my mom has been able to talk for years, hasn't been able to understand that I'm even in the room, and somehow she voted for Joe Biden. And then you've got a half a billion dollars for Mark Zuckerberg and Zucker boxes, and you've got 2,000 mules, and you've got cell phone pinging data that showed thousands of mules taking Democrat votes in mass to drop boxes, dropping them off, dropping, taking their rubber gloves off, throwing them in the trash, going back to campaign headquarters, getting some more uh, ballots to do the same damn thing. You're crazy. That's conspiracy theory. No, it's not, because the FBI used the same cell-pinging data to go after those who went to Washington, D.C. on January 6th to protest all of the improprieties with regard to the 2020 election. We know that that, uh, that group on Capitol Hill were infiltrated, at least by the FBI, and according to Newsweek, 1,400 other uh, left-leaning groups were in the, uh, in the crowd. Even MSNBC, Rachel Madcow, uh, back in January 2020, said, oh, yeah, these weren't Trump supporters. Everybody's still watching his speech. There are already people there trying to break in. And, and uh, in case you didn't know, uh, Trump supporters never wear flak helmets and uh, bulletproof vests and bring grappling hooks and bear mace. No, that usually is reserved, and it has been reserved exclusively for leftists like Black Lives Matter and Antifa. <clears throat> so you're worried about this election. I am too. But here's the difference. In 2020, the Democrat Party was able to get Joe Biden elected. They were able to cheat his way into the White House. They weren't able to do anything about down ticket because there was too much going on. Too many candidates, too much to coordinate, too much evidence left behind. And we don't have a presidential election this time, although it is a mandate with regard to Joe Biden. So do I think that the Democrat Party would be able to pull off all of the upsets that it wants to? to maintain power? I don't know, because I don't think evil like they do. And yes, I consider election theft to be evil. I really do. So we're going to get to uh, a lot of uh, the speech last night. Get your thoughts as well. I'd like to hear what you think about it. And, uh, and then we'll take it from there. But we know that every bellwether out there says crime is up, borders open, fentanyl ODs, uh, uh, out-of-control spending. Uh, You've got uh, inflation at a 40-year high. Most of my listeners, I mean, I'd say about half of my listeners are over 40, about half, now two-thirds over 40 and one-third under 40. And so for many people, uh, one-third of my audience, they're not familiar with what happened back in the 1970s with Jimmy Carter haven't been on the planet long enough to see the kind of inflation that was caused by the idiocy of Jimmy Carter. But at least Jimmy Carter wasn't a puppet. At least Jimmy Carter wasn't mentally infirmed so badly that uh, the left can control his every move, his speeches, his executive orders, etc., so we'll get into that, and, uh, and again, we'll take your phone calls. We'd love to hear from you at uh, 1-800-922-6680 on the Rob Carson Show. But first, I think we need a little musical interlude about the coming bloodbath for Democrats. Jim Gossett, ladies and gentlemen. Look at the polls. The Dems are really worried. They should be. 
close the House and Senate. Stop it. And go down to defeat. That's so mean. No, really. They'll try their same old tricks with phony mail-in ballots. They don't know how to govern, but they sure know how to cheat. We're going to stop them. November 8th. Don't count your chickens. Make sure that you vote. Take your phone with you, too, by the way, and vote in person. All liberals win, and that will be all that she wrote. We're not going to let that happen, are we? November 8th, it could be Independence Day. It will be. November 8th. Big finish. We'll vote in leaders who'll stand up to Joe. Tell the turtle, Mitch McConnell, time to go. Back to the swamp, will you? November 8th, it could be Independence Day. Come on now. And the thing is, uh, the, the crazy thing is, there are a lot of Democrats who are going to be voting uh, Republican are just sitting this one out because they see all of the abuses and usurpations. I know even Democrats, it's crazy because, you know, Democrats, even some of them, I'm not saying a lot of them, but a good deal of Democrats actually love the country still. And, and here's the thing. Right now you're seeing the culmination of the class of 1968, the moist dream of the class of 1968. They got a president in to the White House that they is pliable. His brain don't work. They're, they're, they're all in. They've laid their cards on the table. They are all in. And the one thing that they weren't able to do, which is the foundation of their Marxist takeover of the country and their destruction of the country. Barack Obama said he wanted to fundamentally change America. Duh. What do you think he was talking about? I don't know. I don't know. Pay attention. But the one thing they didn't expect is that we don't hate America. Most of us stand during the National Anthem. Most of us look at people who sit during the National Anthem and they go, you need to stand. A lot of people died so we could be here, so you could be enjoying this football game or this baseball game. So stand up. Show your respect. You live here. You're a citizen. You are protected in its sovereign borders, which were sovereign, sovereign before this jackass became the president. We also are not against erasing our history. We also think that uh, uh, George Floyd's death, while tragic, wasn't a reason to overhaul everything, to tear down statues, our history, get rid of Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben. Are you out of your freaking minds? We love the country. We feel blessed to be, have been born here. There's no other place we'd rather live. Maybe, maybe some will. Why don't liberals, when they lose an election, move to Canada? Why the hell not? So, we don't hate America. Most of us don't. But the 10% of Americans who do and have been guiding this insane narrative for the last few years, they're going down in flames. I'm going to take a break. We've got James from Albuquerque on the phone. You'll be up first, my friend. I've got a lot of uh, information on the economy. Uh, we've also got some great uh, events that happened with regard to, uh, you know, debates and, uh, and uh, audio uh, about Democrat candidates doing a face plan. And then, of course, we'll get to uh, Uncle Joe's awful speech last night where he actually, I, I'm not sure if he did better than Philadelphia, but it was right up there. But uh, we'll get to all of that and your phone calls at 800 This is the Thursday edition of The Rob Carson Show.
is really kind of epic. And it's ref what's reflected in this poll is reflected in the conversations that I have had in traveling to, I believe it was five different... This is CNN, by the way, talking about traveling around the country and what really, really means uh, something to the American people, and that is the economy is in tatters. Dates since Labor Day, talking to voters. Democrats, Republicans, independents, they're feeling the economic pain. Wait a minute, I'm not hearing any MAGA Republicans in there trying to steal the vote or anything. It sounds like most Americans, even Democrats, think that Democrats have really bleeped things up. And they want to hear solutions uh, from their leaders. And that's in some respects. In other respects, they just want to take out their anger on somebody. And How about just uh, be able to live their lives? How about be able to enjoy freedom in this country? How about being able to, w to live the American dream? How about that? How about being able to keep your damn lights on this winter? How about that? How about having a home loan you can afford? How about being able to own a home? And the best way to do that is with the greatest thing that we have as Americans, which is our vote. Yes, and we're going to do it. And I'm going to tell you, I, I, hearing from everybody around the country, they're waiting. They're waiting. They're going to either be voting in person ahead a little bit, but most are going to be going on Election Day. I'm going on Election Day. I'm bringing my ID because, you know, they asked for an ID here, which is great. I'd bring it anyway. Hell, I might even, if, if there's no required ID, I might bring my birth certificate. I might bring an electric bill and my ID. Just lay it there. I know you don't need to see it. Yeah, but I want to show you I'm who I am. Because my vote is sacred to me. It's why I live here. It's everything to me. My ability to vote. My ability to express myself. My ability to be able to determine my own destiny. My ability to be able to protect myself and my family. Those are all guaranteed by our Constitution and by God in heaven. I am going to vote against those who would say otherwise. Let's go to uh, James in Albuquerque. James, welcome to the Rob Carson Show. You are the first caller of the day, so this had better be good. No pressure. Okay. That means I'm number one today. <laughs> yes, sir, you are. Go ahead. What's up, man? Hey, look. Uh, so Sebastian Gorka asked uh, Matt Schlapp the other day, how are you guys going to make changes with McConnell and McCarthy still in charge for the Republicans? Okay. No answer. Didn't answer the question. Danced around the question. I believe that when the Republicans get power, uh, they always screw everything up, and it always goes back to the Democrats. And for instance, Pauli in '24 is what I'm saying. I know. But you got Tom Cotton that's saying we're going to still support Ukraine. Okay, so there, there's one policy that's not going to change. So I believe these Republicans are going to continue with these crappy uh, policies that the Democrats have in place. I don't like that. The people don't like that. This is Afghanistan all over again, yeah. except for no boots on the ground. But we're sending money to them yeah. and, and weapons and all that. They're not part of NATO. James, can I, James, can I ask you something? <clears throat> James, James, let me ask you something. Have you ever seen anything like they are? Have you ever seen the country in the state that it is right now? Uh, no, not, not. Okay. Bad. So you're, no, you're saying, you're bad. saying, okay, okay, no, no, but you're saying that you have never seen things like this before. You have never seen people possibly so motivated to change things in Washington, DC. Yet you are saying the Republicans are going to do the same things that they always have in Washington, DC, right? I, I truly believe that. I mean, I'm, okay, I'm okay, okay. Good, I, I understand. Thinks the same way that I. Do. I understand. I understand. But I would venture to say that our uh, activism, our involvement, does not end on November the eighth. It begins on November the ninth, 
and we've got to hold these bastards accountable. And I don't care what it takes. If it means flooding, it, now, now, James, you're going to give me, you're going to give me. That's all good. You could say that. If you want to sit around. listening to us, Rob. They're not listening okay, to James, the Okay, James, then don't vote, James. What's the point? If you just want to sit around and you want to complain about what could happen, then honestly, don't vote. I'm not meaning to come down on you, James, but dang it, I get so tired of, what's the point in voting? They're just going to do it I anyway. Didn't say that. I didn't say I wasn't going to vote. What I'm saying is... I, I didn't say you were. When we vote, the people that we do put in there when we vote, they don't, they don't do... They do the opposite of what we want I under, to do. I un, James, I understand. And the last thing I'm trying and to do is be I'm adversarial with you. What's the... But what's the solution, Jim? What's the solution? Is there a solution, James? Yes, for the conservatives that we're voting in right now, yes, is to call out McCarthy and McConnell and 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 boom. How come the people don't have a choice to get them out of there as leadership? Because well, because we're not members of Congress. They're, they're anti-Trumpers. I'm a MAGA. I'm a MAGA guy. I love. I Trump. know, bro. Yeah. But that's well, what we got to do. And I don't hear the conservatives boom. we're putting in there okay. calling for that to get out to to have a vote to. Try to put new leadership. Okay, in now let me let me explain why. And I I'm glad that we got to this point in this conversation, James, because you sound like you're not going to let things end on November the ninth. That's great. Now, a lot of times, some of these new candidates, these freshmen, and there are several who are saying, uh, you know what, I don't care. But you know, they're afraid of purse strings right now. They are keeping their powder dry until after the election. Because right now, uh, McConnell is essentially a, uh, a kingmaker because he's the guy who steers the funds. Fortunately, there are other PACs and other organizations have come in and stepped up where he has it. And then also, fortunately, James, that uh, just because McConnell isn't spending money on different races doesn't mean that uh, they're not gonna, our Republicans aren't going to win. Because right now, people are so pissed off and the wave is so grand, it won't matter if Mitch McConnell sends $9 million to Katie Chewbacca. Okay, so you know what I mean? So what I would venture to say, and I'm glad you called today, thank you, sir, is do exactly what you said. Rather than just saying, woe is me, they're not going to do anything, hold them accountable. You can do it. Do you that, can do Rob. it. How do we do that when they don't even answer the phone when you try calling? Well, you know what? Then we might have to take it to Washington, D.C. We might have to shut this sucker down. We might have to shut this sucker down. We might have to shut it down like they're, like they're doing in Brazil. And I hope this blows up in Brazil in their bloody faces. I hope it blows up in their bloody faces because they did the same damn thing they did here in 2020, and it's got to stop there. And if it doesn't Do stop there, it's got to stop here. What is, what what? Is your I don't think we Ukraine? should keep funding. Ukraine's a joke. It's a slush fund. It's the most okay. corrupt government in the history of the world. Exactly. And America's oligarchs have gone there to uh, to launder money. Joe Biden yeah, started that Tom years Biden ago. said he's going to continue to support them. Well, then, then we need to get on uh, Tom Cotton's ass and get him off of it. Uh, honestly, right. we, we cannot. I appreciate your call. Keep your passion, James. Keep your passion. Get your congressional uh, representative's office. Give them hell. Do whatever you have to. And if all else fails, we'll shut this mother scratcher down. We'll stop. We won't go to work. We'll do whatever it takes. But we're going to turn this around. We're going to start on November the 8th. We're going to hold them accountable on November 9th. And if they don't do anything, we're going ballistic on this nonsense. Not in a violent fashion, but you don't have to produce. You don't have to be their means of production and their means of income. It can stop. You've had enough. I've had enough. It's time to change things. Coming up, Joe Pinion running against Chuck Schumer in New York. Going to join us live on the show. Don't go anywhere. The left has.
has been trying to get you to hate America for 50 years. And we're fighting it and we're fighting it hard. Guess what? It ain't working. It's the Rob Carson Show. Chuck Schumer is a dinosaur. And on his watch, like my friends here, the American dream is about to go extinct. I'm sorry, guys. It's true. You're dead. For 42 years, Chuck Schumer has been down in D.C., gaining power in our name. And what do we have to show for ourselves? Inflation that is bankrupting our families, crime that is terrorizing our communities, schools that are failing our children. That is an ad for Joe Pinion for U.S. Senate. He is running against Chuck Schumer. He has been in Washington, D.C. for a very long time. That is a parody of Jurassic Park, by the way, which I actually did in the original Jurassic Park about Washington, D.C. I did a parody for Rush Limbaugh called Geriatric Park, making fun of the same dinosaurs who've been in Congress, and things haven't changed but God willing, people like Joe Pinion will, and Joe Pinion joins us on the Newsmax Hotline right now. How are you, sir? It's good to be with you again, my friend. It's been too long. How are you? Uh, good, buddy. I haven't talked to you since I got to hang out with you last year in New York. This was even before you uh, decided to run for Senate. And I remember, and I hope that I made it clear to you, that uh, I met a lot of people in New York. But i got to tell you, Joe, uh, you as a guest, you as a person, you really stood out. And I am just so pleased that you decided to do this. Uh, let's talk about uh, the campaign thus far. I saw the uh, I saw the debate. I thought that uh, you did a great job. I thought that Shucker was uh, Shuck the Shucker. He's a he's a Shucker. He is. Uh, I thought that Chuck was uh, uh, dismissive at times, um, but I thought you owned it. Uh, what kind of feedback have you gotten uh, with regard to the debate? And how's the campaign going in New York? Look, I think that we've got uh, we've received great feedback post debate. Uh, now we're walking down the street. And street people are saying, "Oh, we saw the debate." So uh, we think we gave people a clear contrast that the Senate Majority Leader has no new plan. That his plans and solutions are stale, but more importantly, they don't work. And that on that stage, he promised that he was open to packing the Supreme Court. He said he wanted to mandate jabs for our children. He said he wanted to be open to potentially putting masks back on the face of our beautiful children. And so at this moment, we have to tell people that what Chuck Schumer does in the name of New Yorkers, it impacts the entire nation that we call home. And whether you are left of Bernie Sanders, whether you are right of Donald Trump, we cannot afford six more years of this man, Charles Ellis Schumer. And so we need everybody out there to go to JoePinion.com, to call their friends and family members that live in New York and say that Joe Pinion's on the brink of helping New Yorkers make history and break the back of one-party rule once and for all. Well, Joe, it's been a, uh, a tough slog, I'm sure, for you because of the political machinery in New York, particularly surrounding uh, Chuck Schumer. We all know that it is very hard, very hard to unseed sitting senators. Uh, and, uh, and a lot of attention has been focused, let's face it, on the, uh, on the governor's race in in the state of New York. Um, what are you doing to get the word out? Uh, and, and do you suppose that the debate maybe have uh, it, it really helped you as far as uh, getting you on the radar with others who thought maybe this opinion was kind of a gimme for Chuck Schumer? Well, look, I think there are a lot of people who, after that debate, you know, are coming up to us and saying, man, I, I wish we'd gotten on board sooner. And I say, better late than never. And so for us, you know, a rising tide does lift all ships. And the attention that Governor's race has received has certainly helped us. Uh, it's almost like the battering ram that we didn't need because it already is opening up doors 
down the road for us. So at this juncture, if there are enough votes to elect a Republican governor in the state of New York, which I believe there are, uh, those same voters are coming to fill out the same ballot with our name on it in our yes. quest to unseat Chuck Schumer. So we yes. believe that there are 47% of New Yorkers today that will never vote for Chuck Schumer again. It's going to be a turnout game, but we know for a fact that he is gasping uh, to stay above 50%. Yes. The people that we know want to keep America first, want to make America great. Uh, those people show up. 3.3 million people yeah. voted for Donald Trump in 2020, lest we forget, in the state of New York. They all show up again in this election. We're going to win this thing in a landslide. We're going to be on a jumbotron in China because the whole world's going to know. <laughs> Trump Schumer yeah. uh, just lost after 42 years down in D.C., doing very little for us and, and everything you destroy the core tenets of this nation that we love. One of the things that I talk about, Joe, and I've been talking about this for all of my career in broadcasting for 30 years, and that is the crisis in the black community, particularly in the inner cities. And Democrats have never done anything. Never done a damn thing, Joe. You've got 13 times the national average black-on-black crime in major cities. More babies aborted than born in places like New York City, in places like Atlanta. You've got fatherless homes at an 80% in many cities. And the Democrat Party does nothing, not a damn thing for the black community. Your election would be historic because you'd be defeating Chuck Schumer. But also, let's not forget the historical significance of a black senator from the state of New York. What does that mean to you? you and for those who have been hung out to dry by the democrat party what are you going to do well look i mean you know let's forget right you know part of the reason why i had the opportunity to become the republican nominee for u.s senate is because of the opportunity of a lifetime that was given to me by chris ruddy uh to have my own show on newsmax and when i decided to leave newsmax as i told him uh, it wasn't because i was ungrateful is because I simply believe that we had a country to save, and the person that was destroying it was a man named Charles Ellis Schumer. And so here we are with an opportunity that we had to become the first black man ever nominated for U.S. Senate in the history of New York State by either party. Uh, I didn't believe that we could pass up that opportunity given the stakes that you were just describing, because there's an untold story of pain and suffering in New York State that must end on Chuck Schumer's watch. Rochester, New York, now has more murder per capita than Chicago, Illinois. On Chuck Schumer's watch, Syracuse, New York, now has the highest child poverty rate in the country for any major city. And the vast majority of the people getting murdered in Rochester, the vast majority of the children lived in poverty in Syracuse, and all across our state, by the way, because one out of every three black children in New York State lives in poverty on Chuck Schumer's watch. These are conditions that are constricting opportunity for black communities, for minority communities. Chuck Schumer hasn't done a damn thing about any of it. And so we knew that this was going to be a once-in-a-generational opportunity to make these arguments, to talk about these issues in a year where the person who was bringing us these deplorable conditions could finally get the comeuppance they deserve. Uh, and we also look at uh, uh, Chuck Schumer has been a, uh, a lightning rod uh, toward violence in this country. He's used violent rhetoric against uh, Supreme Court justices and uh, and whatnot. We also know that Chuck Schumer presided over a shutdown of the country that uh, Democrats and COVID dictators uh, ushered in, allowed children. And, and this is really troubling because uh, for most kids, uh, most kids are behind six months, maybe a year. But for children, uh, minority children, 
children, two and a half years of their education completely ruined by the COVID shutdowns, the COVID dictators, one of them being Kathy Hochul, by the way, who, like Chuck Schumer, is still down with uh, masking our children, which ruined them, uh, and then also for uh, for mandating a, a vaccine. Uh, what, are, what are your main, uh, as far as, like, for instance, crime, What what is uh, your main uh, platform when you get to Washington, D.C.? What are you going to work with other centers to get accomplished immediately? Well, look, I think uh, things that you can do, it seems uh, pie in the sky, but it has a big impact on everything. Stop allowing the government to be held to a lower standard in the private sector. And what do I mean by that? Okay, let's talk about our public schools, right? You're sending black mothers in Ohio to jail for sending their child to school in the wrong zip code. Fine. But who do I get to send to jail when I send children to a schoolhouse for 13 years, paid for by taxpayer dollars, and they walk out not knowing what they need to thrive in this world? When 60% of all the children that attend public schools in New York do not read at grade level. When 70% of the black students that took the math exam at the State Board of Regents in New York City just failed it. So, again, that's child abuse brought to us by the government. If we stop allowing government to be held to a lower standard, we can end it. Public housing, we're $40 billion behind in repairs. There is lead in the, in the paint. There's arsenic in the drinking water. And what are they doing to hold people accountable? Nothing. If you own those buildings, my friend, you'd be in prison. They'd purple yes, sir. and put you under the jail. But the government yes, controls these buildings where 600,000 New Yorkers live. Right, that would make it one of the largest cities in the country. And yet, there is zero accountability. Chuck Schumer hasn't opened a single investigation. So again, we can demand that government no longer gets to indemnify themselves against abuses of the public trust that we would never tolerate from anyone who is, is living in the private sector. And yeah. I think that across the board has a transcendent impact on the type of America that we are delivering to the next generation, crime specifically. Uh, the solution is quite clear. We're going to say if you want to change policing policies, defund police, you better come to me with a solution that shows us uh, on, from a data-driven perspective that it's going to save lives. Otherwise, you're going to have to do your hamster experiment on society without the federal <laughs> tax dollars you need to do it. Right? I love it. So I love it. Those federal programs, whether it's education, whether it's public safety, no matter you name it, the crack pipes as equity that they like to hand out, they all use federal dollars to do it. So if we tell them they can't have the federal dollars to come up with these cockamamie plans, you'd be surprised how quickly they would go away. That, to me, is a holistic but very specific way that we change the direction and trajectory of this country and reorient ourselves towards what is good for people, not what is expedient for the politics. Now, I have been getting calls, and I get a lot of uh, woe-is-me Republicans calling, and they say, well, what's the point in voting? Because, you know, they're just going to go there and support Chuck Schumer and Kevin McCarthy, and, you know, they're not going to listen to what we have to say. I would assume you are not beholden to, uh, to, uh, uh, to uh, Mitch McConnell. Let's be very clear. Mitch McConnell hasn't given me uh, any money in this race. Uh, and at this point, what we're focused on is doing what is right for the 19 million and shrinking they call New York State home. We lead the nation in outward migration for a reason. One million of our friends and neighbors have fled. That has very little to do with Mitch McConnell and everything to do with the fact that Chuck Schumer has allowed our empire state to descend into a state of decline. So we're going to do everything humanly possible to fight for New Yorkers uh, on every issue, 
uh, at every point on, on the political spectrum. And I think for me, uh, that's not about left versus right. It's simply about right versus wrong. What has occurred to New Yorkers on Chuck Schumer's watch has been too wrong for too long. And with the help of the people coming out, we're going to end that tyranny of one-party rule on November 8th. We're going to beat Chuck Schumer. Uh, I hope so, buddy. heard around the world. And uh, yeah. I think that people are going to start to realize that Joe Pinion wasn't so crazy after all. Perhaps no. he just believed, as many have, that we shouldn't have to flee our home to live our American dream. I, I absolutely love it, Joe. And if you are going to devote uh, Zeldin and you uh, go ahead and check uh, Schumer, you're canceling out your vote for Zeldin. If you are going to vote and you are going to turn uh, New York around, you have to vote down ticket conservative and you have to vote Joe Pinion rather than Chuck Schumer. And if you're going to vote against Kathy Hochul, you have to vote against Chuck Schumer. They are rubber stamps for the same policies that have got us to where we are. Joe, uh, your, your uh, website is is joepinion.com, www.joepinion.com. Uh, where are you going to be this weekend, man? Look, I'm currently driving to Rensselaer for a rally with Elise Stefanik, Congresswoman from uh, North Country, as well as uh, Lee Zeldin, obviously our nominee for governor, the Congressman from NY1. So we're going to turn out the vote. We're going to do something no one thought was going to happen. New York is going to go red. We're going to fire Kathy Hochul. We're going to retire Charles Ellis Schumer. We're going to bring back dignity to this state and direction for this nation. And people can think we're crazy, but I'm telling you right now, if we show up, we will win. 3.3 million New Yorkers voted to make America great again, to keep America great, to put America first. We've seen what two years of America last can do. New York, we need you to come out. Call your friends. Call your neighbors. Sally yes. down the block that you can't stand. This is the year we're going to get the job done. We're going to send Chuck Schumer to retirement home of politics once and for all, folks. Joe, God bless you. Godspeed. I, like I said, you are an impressive person. You are an impressive candidate. And I hope and pray that we do see an upset like New York has never had. It'll turn the world upside down. Safe travels, my friend. And I wish you all the best on Tuesday. And I hope on the 9th we'll be able to celebrate your position as a senator in the United States of America. My, from your lips to God's ears, my friend. God bless you. Talk to you. <laughs> All right, brother. Talk to you soon. That is Joe Pinion, people. It's Joe, P-I-N-I-O-N dot com. If you live in New York, you cannot vote for Lee Zeldin and not vote for Joe for Senate. Because if you do, you're just canceling out your vote. Vote straight ticket conservative Republican in New York to affect change that New York desperately needs, and so does the rest of the country. Let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. DHS, IRS, CDC, HHS, all complete BS. It's the Rob Carson Show. I want to thank Joe Pinion for being on the show. He is uh, running against Chuck Schumer. And I got to tell you guys, I met him last year. Before he ran, I met him in the, uh, the Newsmax uh, building broadcasting live. Uh, uh, two stories up and right across the street from where Rush Limbaugh got his start. And... He's one of the most impressive people I've ever spoken to. He's one of the, the most well-spoken people I've ever spoken to. When you talk to him, you want to listen to every word he has to say. When I was just listening to the interview that I did with him, he crafts his verbiage so well. And I like to consider myself to be somewhat of a wordsmith, I guess. I mean, I, I've tried to 
learn to speak well and, and share my opinions concisely uh, and intelligently over the years. And when I talk to Joe, I just I'm, I just go, wow, wow, just wow. And this is a really funny. On his, on his website, it has the, uh, this uh, Chuck Schumer is a dinosaur. It's a parody of Jurassic Park. And I want you to listen to this. And I have something to share that I did for Rush Limbaugh uh, back in about 1992 or so, or 93, when uh, Jurassic Park the movie came out. Those D.C. dinosaurs, the career politicians, they have wasted our time, shattered our dreams, and spent all of our money. And now that the media is here, they'd rather place the blame and solve the problem. The uh, media, of course, is the, uh, the Republican wave that's going to sweep them out of office. I'm Joe Pinion, and I'm running for U.S. Senate against Chuck Schumer. Now, here's something I did for uh, Rush. And I was a kid in my 20s. Uh, you know, and uh, a, a conservative. I, I kind of knew I was conservative in college, didn't really. I was a late-term uh, rush baby. I still could be aborted, but I chose to live. Anyway, and, and I noticed all these people at the time, there were all these dinosaurs in Washington, D.C. who had been there forever. And this was on the heels of scandals like the Capitol Hill Bank scandal. That was the first bit I did for Rush. Where I ended up getting in his book over it because the, the Capitol Hill, they, the Congress had their own bank. And they could borrow money from it, write checks on it, checks for millennials. It's a piece of paper that you, it takes money out of your checking account. Anyway, uh, and, I, and I, th- there was that scandal. That was the first big scandal that I wrote satire about. Because they literally did just, and they never paid back. You could go in and you could, uh, you, could uh, you know, write a check for $1,000 uh, and, and get the money and send it to the bank. And the bank would let it bounce and wouldn't even care. And that's the kind of, and then the same thing with the Capitol Hill Post Office did the same thing. So I did this. When uh, when <laughs> Jurassic Park came out, and I think you'll see the similarities. This summer, you can take your family to the only place on Earth where living fossils roam in their natural environment. Congressional House Pictures presents Steven Spenberg's Geriatric Park. Now listen to this, because all of the dynamics are the same in Washington, D.C. 30 years later. Nothing has changed. Stand back there, Billy. It's 2 o'clock. Senator Metzenbaum could wake up at any minute. Scientists have cloned the cells of New Deal Democrats, and despite their harmless appearance, they can be extremely dangerous. <laughs> oh my God, Tom Foley is coming toward me. What do I do? Don't worry. They never attacks you when you stand totally still. Stare into his eyes and hand him your checkbook. Geriatric Park, where disaster awaits at every corner. Hey, Jerry, uh, what the heck is your wife? She fell into the entitlement topics. Well, at least the government will cover those funeral expenses, huh? Oh, good point. Geriatric Park, home of the frightening Barney Frankus Liberalis, the Carol Mosley Brontosaurus, and who could forget their leader, the granddaddy of them all. What? What the heck is that? Oh, my God. It's the Arkansas Tax and Spendus. The Arkansas Tax and Spendus was uh, Bill Clinton. Let's take a break and come back. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's The Rob Carson Show. Second hour of the Rob Carson Show, five days away from Election Day, Tuesday, less than a week before Election Day, Republican Party is ahead 
of uh, the Democrats in 25 of the last 30 generic ballot polls. The five outlets uh, outliers represent only two pollsters, the far left Politico and econo- Economist YouGov. Otherwise, uh, pretty much uh, we are going to kick their butts, provided there isn't a lot of uh, election chicanery. Um, that's what they are saying. So uh, people are uh, tired. People are sick. People have seen the uh, abuses and usurpations, and they are not going to take it anymore. Uh, oddly enough, uh, Barack Obama is going to be in uh, Pennsylvania. Can't, uh, he's going to be campaigning for John Fetterman on Saturday in an effort to uh, boost the candidate in the Senate race with Mehmet Oz. Uh, that night, by the way, in Latrobe, Doug Mastriano and Donald Trump will take the stage, and it will be epic. It will be gigantic. It will be broadcast on Newsmax television. I will be on before the uh, the speech, and I will be on after the speech because my TV show, Rob Carson's What in the World, will be right after that. So you don't want to miss it. You don't want to. Oh, by the way, uh, the Fed's interest rate. Yeah, they just cracked it up another uh, uh, seventy-five basis points, which means three quarters of a percent. So average mortgage payments going to spike another two hundred bucks. Buying a car going to be a lot more expensive. Uh, let's see what auto auto loan payments expected to surge. Mortgage rates hitting seven point one six percent last week, well above the rates seen in the two thousand eight Great Recession. Remember that? Remember that? We have neighbors; they just sold their house. So they, if they would have sold it nine months ago, they would have made a hundred thousand dollars more. But they didn't. So they sold it. They got out of it. They're paying cash, so they're not going to worry about the interest rates. But unless you have cash, you know, you're going to get screwed. You are going to get screwed. Uh, and uh, you know what? A lot of, um, a lot of uh, media outlets are beginning to get it. They're seeing the writing on the wall. CNN, for instance, who, by the way, just they're getting rid of Jake Tapper in uh, primetime. He failed. He did a face plant because he's, uh, he's, he's supposed to be a journalist. He's never been a journalist. And now they put him in charge of a show, and nobody wants to watch it. He's not interesting, doesn't offer a unique perspective. He's just a hackneyed old reporter uh, trying to do a television show. And uh, generally, it doesn't work. So Jake the Snake is uh, moving day parts, as did Don Lemon, by the way. Don Lemon is in Morning Drive sharing delightful summer salad recipes in the mornings. Uh, here he is uh, talking to Katie Hobbs. Katie Hobbs running against Carrie Lake in, uh, in uh, Arizona. And Katie Hobbs will not debate Carrie Lake because she knows that she'd get uh, stomped into the mud by Carrie Lake. And here is uh, Don Lemon actually asking a question and following up on a Democrat, I know. Why not debate your opponent? If you believe your opponent is, you know, has issues in the spreading conspiracy theories uh, about a stolen election and so mm-hmm. on, and it's not being truthful with the, the people of Arizona, why then not get on the debate stage and, and debate her? You know, not only is Carrie Lake... Uh, she talks like she's like 12. Uh, she does. I mean, seriously, she's like in her 50s, and she sounds about 12. Has she centered her entire platform around this election denialism? Um, I didn't want to give her a bigger stage to do that. I absolutely deny the 2020 election. It's my opinion, and it's based in fact. But additionally, she has shown that she's not interested in having any kind of substantive conversation. Um, yeah, he is. That, or she is. She's actually challenging you to a debate, you see. Um, she's only interested in creating a spectacle. But and I you, if you were a- in the same space with her, wouldn't, you be, wouldn't it be easier to knock it down in front of everyone, in front of the most people? Because you're not stopping her. Call the arena of ideas. From spreading. Yeah. You have a certain amount of time to speak, and the other person does, too. Whatever you believe that you know, she is spreading, by not debating her, she can go on television. 
questions she can talk about is she can go in front of the, the people of Arizona every single day and talk about well, it. You're a coward. That's the reason. But, but you're not confronting her on it. And it seems like it would be an easy fix if you stood up on a debate stage and, and confront her. Yeah, that would be the common sense thing to do. About these issues. Look, we're six days out from the election and our campaign strategy is our campaign strategy. So we're moving. To you know, she's like a complete demlet because she sounds like she's 12 and she up talks all the time. Adults usually don't talk that way. Board, I'm continuing to make my case to the voters of Arizona. Yeah, you're going to lose. And you should because you're a uh, mm, mm, I can't say it. Can't say it. I'd like to, but I can't. And I won't, because, you know, I'm above that. Thank you very much. I Well, not much I am above, actually. Uh, you know, I know I'm behind on a couple things, like my, uh, well, I think the utility bill might be a little behind. But anyway, we're catching up. We're catching up. Uh, let's, uh, oh, this is kind of interesting. So, <clears throat> Carrie Lake is uh, is showing people how to, how to do it. She is the template for a candidate for the Republican Party. She's doing awesome. And uh, one grotesque ad, uh, literally paid for by the Lincoln Project, I understand, features uh, Gladys Sicknick. Uh, she is the mother of Brian Sicknick. Brian Sicknick is a police officer, Capitol Police officer, who was a Trump supporter, by the way, who died of a stroke January the 7th. It was not related to anything. He wasn't hit by a, uh, 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 a fire extinguisher, nothing like that. The only person murdered on Capitol Hill was a uh, Trump supporter uh, who was crawling through a window when she was shot at point-blank range by a Capitol Police officer, and there is no investigation whatsoever of the murder. But here is the ad that they're running featuring Brian Sicknick's mom. I'm Gladys Sicknick. I'm the mother of Brian Sicknick, the Capitol Police officer who died defending our country on January 6th. Carrie Lake is very dangerous. He died on January the 7th. ...for our country. She saw what happened on January 6th and continues to spread the big lie. And we're going to have more violence because people, they believe whatever she says. It's very dire for our democracy, for our country, with the candidates like Carrie Lake. My son died because of people like Carrie Lake. And that is, um, and, and, and you know, you don't want to, obviously, mom is grieving. She lost her son. I get it. I get it. But that doesn't mean you can blame your son's death on Carrie Lake. That is not right. That is not right. I am sorry for the loss of your son. I can't even I can't even imagine what it feels like. And you know what else I can't imagine? I can't imagine scum sucking pigs like the Lincoln Project using a mother in that fashion. Here is Carrie Lake being asked about this by a reporter who wants to, you know, pin her against the wall. And this jerkweed literally gets Brian Sicknick's mom's name wrong. Listen to this classy response. Chris Bickley from CBS News. Hi, Chris. I don't know if you've seen this ad attacking you. But that's which, the, which one? Which one? Which one, Chris? The, uh, the, the mother of Brian Sicknick, the Capitol Police officer that died uh, the day after January 6th. She, in, in an attack ad, is saying that people like you specifically are responsible for her son's death. I'm curious. What do you think when you hear that? What's her name? The mother of Brian Sicknick? Yeah. I think it's Cindy Sicknick. Okay, so the guy was ultimately unprepared. He only had the gotcha question. He knew there was an ad featuring Brian Sicknick's mom. Aha! Yeah, you might want to know the mom's name is Gladys, jerkweed. Cindy, I just want to say to Cindy Sicknick, I'm so sorry about the death of your son. It, it is tragic. I'm a, a mother myself, and that is, uh, it breaks my heart. That's a, that is a wound when you lose a child, no matter how old they are, that never heals. 
And so I don't want to disparage her. She doesn't know me. I wasn't anywhere near the Capitol on January 6th. And I understand that her son died, I think, the following day of a stroke or natural causes. And I that's true. I, I feel for her and I, I see the pain in her eyes. And I would never try to disparage or hurt her because I know when a mother has pain like that, there's no way to heal that. And that's why I feel for these moms and dads who hit me up on the campaign trail and they grab me. And you can spot them. From a uh, now, she answered the question with regard to Gladys Sicknick. Okay. She did. She answered it. And here's where she pivots to what's important to other mothers and fathers in the country who are worried about their kids. Across the room, there is a, a loss in their lives that can never be replaced. And we're losing thousands of young people. When they tell me they lost a son to fentanyl, when they lost a daughter to fentanyl poisoning, um, this is why we are pushing so hard. I'm not seeing a lot of ads for uh, parents who, uh, you know, lost their kids to fentanyl poisoning because of the breach of our southern border. I'm not seeing a lot of that. I think we should see more of that, to be quite honest, because there's a really good chance that you know somebody who uh, has a friend or a family member who lost their lives to fentanyl. In fact, I would venture to say there's a good chance that you probably have more of a connection to someone who died of a drug overdose in this country than you do uh, some young person who died exclusively from COVID. Right? Yeah. Right. Oh, by the way, the suspect who raided KB Hob Katie Hobbs' headquarters in, uh, in, in Arizona was a Portuguese illegal immigrant. Yeah, uh, Katie Hobbs tried to blame this on uh, Carrie Lake and her campaign. Carrie Lake said, I don't even know where your damn headquarters is. Seriously? Seriously? It's a joke. And Joe Biden is trying to distract. He's trying to make this. this uh, and this is funny because all you and I care about is voting on Tuesday, right? That's all you and I care about. We're not out uh, violently doing crap. We're not looking for an excuse to burn things. We are just bound and determined to determine to get in early if we can, possibly vote in person. But if not, definitely ready to go on Tuesday. That's all we care about. We don't want to overthrow anything. We don't want to overtake anything. We don't want to burn down cities like Democrats did on Donald Trump's election, inauguration day, I should say, and, uh, and in the summer of 2020. None of that. We never have done it. We didn't lead the supposed insurrection on January the 6th. We went to see Donald Trump speak. And that, uh, that speech was infiltrated by leftists in a building that should have been completely secure. Should have been, they just built a billion-dollar visitor center on the other side of the Capitol. There's no way anybody should have been able to walk in that building, crack out a window, walk in, unless it was meant to be. And Nancy Pelosi, oddly enough, had a documentary film crew there that day to record her. It's weird. Kind of weird that way. Martha Raddatz was on ABC News last night, and uh, while uh, Joe Biden attempts to distract and distract and distract, all people care about is the economy and the state of the country. As in her rival's embrace of false election claims over 2020, she said that Adam Lack Have you ever done a, uh, I'll just say to uh, David Muir, have you ever done an extensive story on election fraud in 2020? The answer would be no. Because the day after the election, questioning the election was verboten. They're doing the same thing in Brazil today. So it helped, quote, fuel the mob on January 6th. You were on the ground in Nevada, and while I know this is a significant issue for many, still issue number one in that state, you heard from voters, the economy? 
Yeah, David, even if you ask voters about January 6th or election denial, they turn the conversation to the economy. That is what... For two reasons. A, uh, the uh, election theft is real and denial of it is the big lie. And uh, we're worried about paying our bills. Matters to those voters. That is, of course, what Republicans are trying to focus on. But Democrats are urging Nevada voters to stick with them and trying to convince them they can turn it around. That's right. Eyes on the prize. The determined will not be deterred. Coming up, Joe Biden's speech last night. Your reaction, 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. Joe Biden has always been a punchline. Now he's just a joke. It's The Rob Carson Show. It is The Rob Carson Show. Joe Biden's speech coming up. Let me tee it up here real quick with something from Jim Gossett for your listening pleasure. To speak the impeachable speech. To save the impeachable word. And we just want to vote. To cross the line into sedition. Joe's speech was one for the birds. This was his quest. Not heal but divide. And when he trashed Mega, Joe flat out lied. His speech was a joke. Designed to incite Hey, bring it on, Joe Gotta know we're prepared for the fight Cause now You're impeachable I gotta tell you that's that's pretty impressive. Impressive, man. That was uh, <clears throat> that was quite a note. Uh, Jim Gossett did that. Two S's and two T's. JimGossettComedy.com. So uh, this from uh, PJ Media. Uh, White House declares GOP are not going to accept the election result. Where the hell did this come from? Nobody's questioning this. Nobody's saying this. All we know, we are determined. We will not be deterred. We are going to vote on Tuesday. That's what we're going to do. We are not going to let happen what we know in our hearts happened in 2020. And no matter how much you say that it was on the up and up and everything, it's not going away. I heard Megyn Kelly talking to me the other day, uh, talking about it the other day. Uh, Trump supporters who voted for Donald Trump, who wanted to see a second term for Donald Trump, they were in the majority. They are not letting it go. You could try it all you want. You can say that you're a denier. You could say you're a conspiracy all you want. And what I will say to you is bleep you. Is my freaking opinion. I have my facts that I have gathered. They are legit. No media outlet. No court has taken this case. And as far as every breath that for the rest of my life, I will contend that election was stolen. You can't take that from me. Nice try. But here is a KJP. She's a good little Marxist. Corinne Jean-Pierre talking about, for some reason, us not accepting the election results on Tuesday. Uh, I'm going to because the Democrats are going to get keel-hauled. Hold on. Let's try that again. Hold on one second. I do play my own audio, so this is my problem. I can't blame a producer. Damn it. Damn it. Here is uh, KJP. Yesterday, for some reason, people talking about Republicans not accepting the results on Tuesday. To what degree uh, could you characterize how much the Pelosi attack influence the president's decision 
to give this address tonight. Uh, and by the way, nobody believes that uh, Paul Pelosi was attacked by a Trump supporter. How much of a catalyst is that? Nice try. And kind of as a related question, has the president... You know why? Because you'd have to be stupid to think that. Uh, ...made any personal outreach or considered... Because facts. ...making personal outreach to Republican leaders to ask them for a more forceful response uh, to condemn... That attack, other violence. Well, they already have, but we have no responsibility for it, and neither do any Trump supporters. Um, I understand the power of the bully pulpit tonight, but has he done any direct contact to Republican leaders? And I appreciate your question, and I understand your question. I'm going to start with the last one first. It should not be controversial to speak out against political violence. Uh, it then why didn't you say anything about the summer of 2020? It should be something as, politi as political leaders. Why didn't you say anything about Inauguration Day, Donald Trump's Inauguration Day? Automatically do in a forceful way. And you all have reported on what happened uh, to Paul Pelosi and how horrific it was and how devastating it was and how dangerous uh, that action was. Uh, and the rhetoric that we're seeing, that rise of rhetoric that we are seeing, uh, you know, you have people out there who listen and who take that rhetoric very seriously. And so the president believes that it shouldn't have to, he, he shouldn't have to call them to say, hey, you need to condemn, condemn what happened. Don't we already have. The only people who don't uh, condemn violence are leftists. And the violence is created by leftists. Here's Joe Biden teeing it up last night. He's saying, once again, hey, hey, there's no believe. There's no reason to believe that 2020 was stolen. I mean, my God. Why? Who cares? What's driving us to the polls on Tuesday is not 2020. Why are you making it about 2020? Here it is. The great irony about the 220 election is that it's the most attacked election in our history. And yet, and yet, there's no election in our history that we can be more certain of its results. Really? What about the uh, 39,500 sworn affidavits that people saw uh, election chicanery? What about the half a billion dollars spent by Mark Zuckerberg? What about the DHS working with big social media to shut down uh, Hunter Biden's laptop story and any any uh, opinions by conservatives? What about the millions of emails from GOP uh, PACs and the GOP to uh, conservatives via Google, via Gmail that were canceled and are continuing to be canceled? Dear God in heaven, there is so much evidence that we got effed with in 2020, and that continues to happen. It's not even questionable anymore. And then Joe Biden goes on to say, hey, the vote could be late this week. We want Americans to vote. Next week. We want every American's voice to be heard. Now we have to move the process forward. We know that more and more ballots are cast in early voting or by mail in America. We know that many states don't start counting those ballots until after the polls close on November 8th. That means in some cases we won't know the winner of the election for a few days until a few days after the election. Yeah, that sounds like a hint of what they're trying to do and what they succeeded doing in 2020. They waited. They figured out how many votes they needed the next day after shutting down counting in these uh, battleground states, and then they came up with the votes. We won't be fooled again. And if you try it, it's going to get really big and really ugly. Chris Salcedo, Newsmax, coming up. If you don't like his opinion, see the First Amendment and get back to us. It's the Rob Carson Show.
I am looking forward to the big speech by Donald Trump Saturday night on Newsmax. Uh, Doug Mastriano will be on stage with him. And uh, God willing, he will become the next uh, governor of the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, Newsmax is the place to go every afternoon. You can watch this gentleman, Chris Salcedo, at 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. He joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. How you doing today, bud? Hey, man. Great. Thank you. Uh, you got a million things on your plate today. you got a radio show. you got a TV show. Other than that, uh, did you get a chance to last night get to see the uh, the president's divisive speech? He, like, took Philadelphia, and he put an exclamation point on it. What would you think? No, I think it, it was uh, – I think everything you said and more. He's a hypocrite. He's out there decrying those who are already saying the elections are going to be stolen before the votes are cashed. Oh, you mean Hillary Clinton, who yeah. just came out and said – uh, 2024's elections already being stolen. It's like, oh, so you mean like her or like the other Democrats who have made a career of denying elections they lose? These, he, Joe Biden is not only a liar. Joe Biden is not only an individual who, who uh, is dividing the country. He's also a hypocrite. And you remember what Rush used to say, Rob, all the time, yeah. that, that hypocrisy never attaches to the Democrat Party. And you know why it doesn't? It's because of the press. And that's that's in the old days when the press had a monopoly on news and information. Thanks to Newsmax and some others out there, they no longer do. Yeah, I saw this yesterday and it came as a little surprise. The White House declares that the GR, GOP are not going to accept the election results. Now, this, if you look at the 80 percent of the population, both both parties say the country's going in the wrong direction. Everybody knows that the economy is terrible. Everybody knows uh, 25 out of 30 polls this morning I saw uh, show that uh, Republicans have the lead. Why in the hell would that suddenly show up? And all I could think of, and I, I know what my, my viewers, my listeners are thinking, they're thinking uh, shades of Brazil. Dylan Bolsonaro, shades of 2020 all over again. When you watched this last night, when you heard that out of nowhere yesterday, what did you have? To, what did you think about that? Uh, it, we're being set up. We're being conditioned. Uh, when Joe Biden said, "Hey, uh, you just got to get used to, uh, or you, you got to accept that sometimes it's going to take us days to find out the results of elections," and I said, and he said, "That's the way it should be." And I, I said to myself, well, "No, no, wait a minute." Most everyone who is a voting age remembers a day when we used to go to the polls and we would have results that night at the yeah. latest yeah. the next day. Yeah. And only in rare cases were these recounts dragged out for an extended period of time. Now what Joe Biden is saying, oh, no, it's perfectly normal. It's the way it's always been where we have to wait days and days and days and days to get the results. And, of course, you know what everybody is thinking is that, well, uh, the, the, we're going to be waiting to see how many votes we have to overcome to make sure the quote-unquote right candidate wins. Yes. And, of course, which is always those in the, uh, the Wizards of Smart and those who control things, it always has to be the Democrat Party. Yeah. But I, I've got to tell you, man, that this is – the Democrats – there's a Salcedo show axiom that says that they often project qualities onto others that they themselves have in abundance. Of course. And, and that's exactly what we're seeing right here. They are the ones who have consistently and constantly over the decades called into question elections. Now they're projecting onto others. Now, the uh, uh, there there is a wave coming. Uh, unlike uh, the election of 2020, there is not a presidential uh, contender at the top of the ballot, although this is a referendum on uh, Joe Biden. So I would venture to say that like what happened in 2020, where everything down ticket was conservative, just like in Brazil, everything was down ticket. And and lo and behold, the socialist, the leftist uh, ends up pulling out the victory by just a small percentage. This to me 
and I said last night, this is the same damn thing that happened in 2020. I was watching, uh, I, I, I tune around and I watch uh, your show and I watch, I watch a little bit of Fox, watch a little Tucker. Tucker last night had a, you know, hallelujah moment, uh, you know, and, and he talked about how this Bolsonaro election is very similar to what we, you know, they're trying to pull on us on this Tuesday thing. I said, hell, that Bolsonaro thing already happened in 2020. And Chris, he also said last night, and others are finally catching on, even though I've been saying this since the day after the election, that I have a right to question the election. And never in my life have I been told that what I have to say, my opinion is disinformation or misinformation. This on the heels of now we know that the DHS was knee-deep, knee-deep in big social media with Facebook and Twitter actively censoring conservative thought. So uh, what do you think, how do you think this is going to bode out um, with this election on Tuesday? Do you think that they could, could engineer uh, an election upset by Democrats, an election steal, when you're not, you don't have a presidential ticket at the top? Okay, you've given me a lot to nibble on. So I know, let me, I know. Let me, let me, let me, let me a start. run-on sentence there. Yeah, go ahead. Well, no, 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 it's good. But, yeah. but let, me, let me start with the revelations that uh, – with leaked documents that the Department of Homeland Security – let this sink in for a minute, folks. Your DHS was using your taxpayer-funded resources to collude with big tech to suppress your First Amendment right of free speech. Let that sink in for a moment. Your government – run by socialists, run by Democrats, run by totalitarians. They used your taxpayer dollars to engineer the suppression of your First Amendment rights. That is illegal. Mm -hmm. That is unconstitutional. Yeah. And I'm going to be asking Republicans today, hey, cuckoo, think you might, might, might want to get that on your uh, radar screen? Yeah. Maybe protecting the Constitution might be something uh, that you might want to have under your hat there, Republican so-and-so. Now, to, to Bolsonaro and what happened in Brazil. Folks, what you got to know about this Lula character, this Lula character is, is right out of the Castro playbook. Oh, yeah. This guy was in jail. The guy's a criminal. Mm -hmm. And so through the corruption of their courts, sound familiar? Yeah. Through the corruption of their courts, you have this guy released, his entire record expunged, so the guy gets out of jail and decides he's going to run for president. And of course, he's, he's held the office twice before. Mm -hmm. And this guy can't draw flies. Mm -hmm. This guy can't, you know, fill up a, a Volkswagen bus full of supporters to come and see him and listen to him. And all of a sudden, he is now the president-elect of Brazil. And now you've got massive demonstrations because nowhere in Brazil do you run into anybody who was who was backing this Lula communist. I'm talking to a guy tonight, Rob, by the name yes. of Noel Fritsch. You yeah. probably know him. Yeah. Noel, through uh, National File has discovered linkage between this questionable election in Brazil and the Communist Party of China yes. through their through their many tentacles they've got out there. And I'm going to ask, Noel, how many of those tentacles reach lawmakers here in the United States? Yes, and I also heard reported last night that the CIA extended its tentacles into uh, Brazil before the election to tell Bolsonaro that uh, he has to accept the results of the election. I have no doubt whatsoever that we got our hand in that because around the world they are rejecting this new world order socialism that has permeated our politics. There's no doubt about it anymore. I wasn't a believer. I thought that sounded like Alex Jones stuff. 
out. But there is a movement in the world uh, to take us down this socialist path. And so I don't doubt one little bit that Anthony Blinken and others were involved in this election in uh, in Brazil. I also, this headline this morning, now we know that uh, Alejandro Mayorkas had to admit that the disinformation governance board existed and they had already hired a leader for it. And then when the American people found out about it, they blew it up. All right. But this, according to the glorious UK Daily Mail, the FBI Corps uh, Foreign Influence Task Force Chief Laura Demilov is now briefing social media sites on foreign disinformation threats still. She's tied to the decision that led Facebook and Twitter to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story in October of 2020. And uh, this reveals that the DAS, DHS continues involvement in suppressing or censoring, censoring what it deems harmful or false information online. So they're still doing it, Chris. And I got to tell you, to me, this is the biggest story of the year. Hunter Biden laptop is huge. But to know that the DHS became the Stasi, the DHS essentially turned Facebook and Twitter and our media into uh, into Izvestia and Pravda in the United States of America. We can't let this go, Chris. No, we can't. Instruments of of the American government to take away your constitutionally protected rights. Folks, I, I want you to think about and Rob, I don't have to tell you this. You know the history. Yeah. Uh, this world has always been uh, been populated with individuals and countries that want to take away rights and have a glorious communist revolution. How many of you are familiar with Cuba? How many of you are familiar with the former Soviet Union? How many of you are familiar with the Communist Party of China? These individuals, this effort never stopped. Mm -mm. It's just up until the Democrat Party, the new Democrat Party, and Joe Biden and Barack Hussein Obama, until they came into power... Uh, they, there were no allies for this movement in the United States because Americans heretofore had valued their freedom and their liberty. Yes. And we stood in st stark opposition because of our Constitution, because yes. of our rule of law. Both parties stood in opposition to this. Now, now you have the Democrat Socialist Party in the United States that is allied with this historical, ever-present desire of a minute few to rule over the masses. And now you have them in power, and they're called the Democrat Socialist Party. This should come as no surprise to anyone, yeah. but we have to stop being nice about it and remind yeah. everyone that if you vote for a Democrat, you are voting for someone who wants to shred the Constitution, get rid of your rights, prosperity, safety, and security. And that's the truth. I absolutely agree, and I think most people do. And and you you mentioned, and then I mentioned this a while back, the the main crux of the class of 1968. That Donald, uh, Barack Obama was the progeny of the class of 1968. His political career started in the foyer of uh, of uh, Bernadine Dorn and Bill Ayers. They created the Weather Underground. You guys who are Vietnam veterans, you know, these were the people who spat on you when you came back from war in airports. They were the ones, the hippy dippy dopey morons, who uh, ushered in the first generation of indoctrinated students. We call those millennials. Mm -hmm. uh, fortunately, Gen Z has kind of turned things around. But Chris, the main crux of the argument of, of the class of 1968, the Marxist socialist movement that Barack Obama portended when he said we need to fundamentally change America, is that you have to hate America. And guess what? 
Most of us don't. We don't tear down statues. We don't sit during the national anthem. You ever seen a stadium where 90% of the people sat during the national anthem? No. Just some jackass on the side of the, of the uh, of, some millennial jackass on the side of the, uh, the field who's never been through anything, never had a war, never had any struggle, never had a civil rights struggle, but they're the ones who are kneeling. So Americans don't hate America, and that's why we're going to win, and that's why America, as founded, will be able to put this in the rearview rear mirror of our, of our history. I got to tell you, man, the, the, the idea most Americans love America and, and, and you have to, as you rightly point out, you have to hate America to be into this new world order, left wing government tells you what to do, uh, cradle to grave idiocy. Most Americans like their freedom. Yes. Most Americans like their uh, ability to live in safe neighborhoods. You know, it's not just Nancy Pelosi who deserves to have uh, police officers respond and to have her criminals kept in jail. Every American should be able to have that, should be able to feel safe and secure in their neighborhoods, yes. not just Nancy Pelosi and Paul Pelosi. Yeah. You know, Chris, we are out of time, brother, but I uh, definitely want to watch your show today at 4 o'clock. Uh, what else you got on the show today? I know you're working on it as your, your day progresses here, but what, what can we look forward to tonight? Because I watch you every, every day, bro. The preamble will, will feature... Uh, something that I think that we I, I remember the great Rush Limbaugh, as I told you, yeah. he said hypocrisy doesn't stick. I think it's up to people like you and me, Rob, to make sure that it does. Would you vote? I'm going to ask the question. Would you vote for a hypocrite? Are you a hypocrite? Do you appreciate hypocrites? And if you don't, maybe you shouldn't vote for one. And we're going right. to ask that question. All right, my brother, Chris Salcedo, I appreciate you. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Oh, everywhere. Just go to ChrisSalcedo.com. I got the whole kit and caboodle. I got so many platforms. I couldn't even tell you that it would take an hour just to tell you all the all the names of those of those handles. So just go to ChrisSalcedo.com. Look us up on social media and you will find us. All right. Well, hopefully we will all have uh, something to be thankful for on the ninth and something very, very to be thankful for on Thanksgiving this year. Chris Salcedo, have a glorious day, bro. Amen, pal. Thank you. All right. Let's take a break. It's the Rob Carson Show. There's only one Rob Carson on the radio. Oh, thank God. It's the Rob Carson Show. I uh, was looking online last night, and there was a good deal of talk about uh, uh, the fix is in. Joe Biden warns Americans several races will not be called for several days after the election, so be patient. And then yesterday we hear that uh, from the uh, White House... Uh, and from Corinne Jean-Pierre that uh, the White House declares the GOP are not going to accept the election results. Uh, all we care about is uh, the prize, which is Tuesday. So nobody's talking about that unless you are planning on doing something, unless you are planning on cheating. The Democrat Party is known for election stealing and cheating. They are. There is no if, ands, or buts about it. There, we've seen these dominoes fall. We know that uh, Hunter Biden's laptop was, was uh, censored by the DHS, working in concert with uh, the mainstream media and big social media. We know it. All of this S is going to hit the fan. Feces meet fan, fan meet feces. We're tired of being played. That said, here's Joe Biden last night. Hey, man, we don't know about some of these races. You know, it'll be a couple days before we even know. And many states don't start counting those ballots until after the polls close on November 8th. That means in some cases we won't know the winner of the election for a few days until after a few days after. Okay, first of all, we got to fix this. It's going to be same day, it's going to be paper ballots, and it's going to be uh, we know the winner that night. They do this in France of all places. They stopped the nonsense that we're doing back in the 70s. I know, France, crazy. Here is uh, Tucker Carlson talking about why the, uh, why the election steal talk, why the uh, accepting the results talk. Got it. 
So here we are less than a week before the Democratic Party is expected to suffer overwhelming losses in the midterm elections. Yes. And here you have the leader of that party, Joe Biden, commanding you not to complain about the election results. That is uh, rather odd, isn't it? We won't be fooled again. And if they try, there has to be hell to pay. Why is that? And when I say hell to pay, I'm not talking about Joe Biden's hair. Let's see. Here's Joe Biden telling you that thanks to the changes, the many changes Democrats have made to our system of voting, all of which make voter fraud easier to commit, we may not know the results of the elections for a few days. But don't be alarmed. Everything is completely on the level. And whatever you do, do not ask questions or else you're a criminal. Yeah, that's what they're doing with the uh, Bolsonaro loss in Brazil. Even though Republicans, I should say conservatives, won down ticket. The only race which was uh, less than a percentage point was the socialist criminal winning. Kind of like what happened here in uh, 2020. Isn't that kind of weird? And here is uh, Joe Biden. He's, you know, he's trying to tamp things down here. Because, you know, if there's any question about the election, you know, we don't settle things with a, with a hammer. We don't settle our differences in America. With a riot. Oh, yeah, they try to tie in the uh, Republicans to the attack on Paul Pelosi by a bet guano crazy leftist who lived in Berkeley. Sure, hotbed of conservatism, hotbed of MAGA Trump support. Nobody buys it, by the way. A mob or a bullet or a hammer. We settle them peaceably at the battle, at the battle box. At the battle box. What the, what the hell is he talking about? The BattleBot? Wasn't that a big show like back in the 90s? BattleBots. Yeah, here's a robot. And they're fighting another robot. Ballot box. And that's a uh, leftist um, uh, uh, riot in the summer of 2020, by the way. Yeah, so it kind of takes his argument and flushes it down the toilet. Uh, here's a little bit more from uh, Joe Biden's uh, awful speech last night. For democracies are more than a form of government. Their way of being, a way of seeing the world, a way that defines who we are. Why, why is he doing this speech? Tell me why he felt it necessary to do this speech. Because you and I aren't planning on stealing the election. You, all you and I are going to do is vote. And we're going to make sure that our vote counts. What we believe, why we do what we do. Democracy is simply that fundamental. Okay, here he is uh, preaching to us about democracy, even though he's never lived by any of the rules that he's espousing now. And again, I ask you, why did he do this speech? We must remember that democracy is a covenant. We need to start looking out for each other again, seeing ourselves as we the people, not as entrenched enemies. I thought I was a white supremacist. I thought I was a mega fascist. This is a choice we can make. This union. I have two words for him, and one of them I can't say on the radio. Let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. It is hour number three of the Rob Carson Show. A little bit more on Joe Biden's uh, awful speech last night where he said that uh, Donald Trump still thinks that the election of 2020 was stolen in January the 6th and, uh, you know, whatever. 
Oh, and then you shouldn't doubt the results if there are any questions. And we could be late on the results on Tuesday. You just never know all that stuff, which means to me they're trying their same crap, and it's not going to work. Uh, it's not going to work so well for the Democrats on Tuesday. But we have to be vigilant. We have to be determined and not be deterred. Uh, and when I say deterred, I don't mean the Biden administration. That's another kind of turd. <clears throat> Complete different turd. They're trying to polish it, but not so much. This is Jim Gossett, a musical interlude. Enjoy. Look at the polls. The Dems are really worried. They should be. They'll lose the House and Senate and go down to defeat. They try to steal it, we're gonna. They'll try their same old tricks. We ain't gonna let it happen. With phony mail-in ballots. They don't know how to govern, but they sure know how to cheat. Can't wait till Tuesday. November 8th. Don't count your chickens, make sure that you vote. Come on. All liberals win, and that will be all that she wrote. November 8th, it could be Independence Day. It will be. November 8th. We'll vote in leaders who'll stand up to Joe. And tell the turtle Mitch McConnell Time to go Where to go November 8th It could be Independence Day I hope so And the great thing is that uh, The 80% of both parties that say we're Going in the wrong direction At least we can come together And say we love America We can disagree on a lot of stuff We can still break bread together we can still be grateful for being born here. We can still celebrate those who want to come here legally. There are still people here who want to, by the millions, come here legally. There are. There's no other country in the world like that. I mean, there's a lot of uh, uh, sneaking across the border in France and other countries around the world. They're trying the same sort of political upset. That's, that's what the left does. They open borders. They ruin societies. But uh, as far as freedom-loving individuals, the number one place in the world to be is the United States of America. No, it's not. Well, you really? Then go live somewhere else. Done with this crap. If you want to fundamentally change America, then you need to go live somewhere else. Find a country like Venezuela that has done all of the things the left wants. Explain to my, me why so many people are streaming out of Venezuela and why we would want to turn the United States into an asshole like that. It's because the Democrat Party wants to create an oligarchy. They've already done a good job at it. I mean, there are already people who uh, move to Washington, D.C. They spend their whole lives uh, telling us how to live ours. They become ungodly rich, richer than you and I could ever imagine. Could you imagine how, what it's like to have $120 million like Nancy Pelosi and her husband Paul? Could, could, could you even imagine a million dollars? Could you imagine a million dollars in your IRA? I'd be like, I mean, you'd be living large, man. But for you and me, we're lucky if we can pay all of our bills and have a little left over. Be able to maybe have a little bit to go out to dinner, maybe... Pizza night doesn't happen to have once every six months. It can happen like maybe once a week or once every couple weeks. You can order Papa John's, Papa John's for the whole family, man. You're living large. We don't ask for much. 
we just want a fair shake. We just want to live in the freest country in the history of the world, the greatest engine of individual and economic freedom in the history of mankind. And by God in heaven, if you try to fundamentally change it, you are itching for a fight because many of our friends and relatives and our ancestors died for it. We're not going to take it anymore. We're done. We are done. This is a little bit of Joe Biden last night. This is a bizarre speech. It is out of place. There is no reason for it. Democrats are polling way behind across the country. There is an upheaval in the country like the country has never seen with regard to the economy, the border. I could go on and on. And yet he decides to make a speech last night about Paul Pelosi being attacked by a bat guano insane leftist. By the way, did you realize the Capitol Police, they monitor the Pelosi house and nobody said anything until the police arrived at the Pelosi house. Which makes me kind of wonder, was this person invited into the house? I'm just, I'm I'm throwing things out. I don't care either way. I, I don't care what happened in the Pelosi's house. All I care about is if you try to blame this on conservatives and Trump supporters, because that's bull crap. And we don't believe it, and we're not gonna accept it. That said, here's the dear, dear leader last night. All this happened after the assault and it just—it's hard to even say. It's hard. No, it's not. No, it's not at all. Uh, stop it with the melodrama. Even say after the assailant entered the home, asking, "Where's Nancy? Where's Nancy?" Yeah, there's no evidence of that at all. And if there was, it would be on the police uh, body cams. But uh, the DA is not going to release that. Those are the very same words used by the mob when they stormed the United States Capitol. No, they were uh, let in, actually, by Antifa members, uh, the FBI, and the Capitol Police. On January the 6th, when they broke windows. Here's where he really starts to lie. And this is where he becomes such a uh, dictatorial ideologue. This is unacceptable. Kicked in the doors. Brutally attacked law enforcement. Roam the corridors, hunting for officials. Really? I want to see the video. I want to see the 16,000 hours of video that would show there was no destruction at all. That people stayed within the velvet rope in the rotunda. Give me a break. Show me the freaking video. And erected gallows to hang the former vice president. Who, who erected the gallows? I want to know who built it, who brought it. Or maybe it was a prop. Maybe it was a prop, a staged prop. Because Trump supporters never do that. We never do that. We never, never violent at the rallies. Ever, ever, ever. There's no evidence of it whatsoever. Mike Pence. It was an enraged mob. No, it wasn't. Not at all. That had been whipped up into a frenzy. By what? By what? The president said, march peacefully to the Capitol. By a president repeating over and over again the big lie. That You're the only person calling it a lie. I don't call it a lie. I think it's real. Unbelievable. Oh, oh here's, the, uh, here's the DA in uh, San Francisco saying they're not going to release the body cam footage. Why would you do that? Get big picture, but very quickly, are you planning to release the 911 call or any body camera video? Um, not at this time. Um, we're going to find out today. Why not? Today, the, the speed at which this case will proceed. I'd like to see some of the footage from all of the uh, cameras around there. I'd like to see the footage on the, the Capitol Police we're monitoring. The Capitol Police had access to the video. I want to see the video. I want to see him break out the window and break into the Pelosi house without the alarm going off, without any neighbors being made aware of it. You know, once he's arraigned, and so um, we'll make decisions about what evidence gets played in court um, during any hearing 
below or, or during the trial. And more importantly, we will hide everything from you, if at all possible. The Capitol Police has launched an investigation as it admits the break-in at Paul Pelosi's home was caught on camera but wasn't picked up by anyone watching. This, to me, says, oh, what's going on at the Pelosi house? Oh, you got a guest in there. Oh, nothing to see here. Let's move on. Then, uh, you know, half hour later, whatever later, maybe hours later, police arrive. Nobody can. By the way, Dupap is uh, uh, the man accused of attacking Pelosi. He uh, lived in a broken down trailer. He's a pro nudist, by the way. Uh, he had the sticker on the van said, ain't no sunshine till capitalism's gone. Another sticker had a uh, sarcastic dictionary entry for the word liberal, which says uh, one who favors greater freedom in political or religious matters, uh, one who is free of uh, prejudice or mar- uh, narrow thinking, uh, BLM stickers all over it. Yeah, he was a, he was a Trump uh, supporter. Give me a freaking break. Honestly, uh, you know, I'm just so tired of this nonsense, tired of this lies, these, these BS. I'm tired of being painted into a corner, uh, and I'm tired of being blamed for just wanting the best for my fellow citizens. Let's go to Chris in uh, lovely Fort Worth, Texas. Hello there, Chris. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's going on? Hey, Rob. How are you? Good to talk to you again. I, yes, I, I talked to you last week, last Tuesday, and I told yeah. you I was going to vote. And? On this Tuesday, just two days ago, and I voted straight down Republican. I felt really good about it. I'm in Texas, so I'm safe voting uh, early. Yeah. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there, there was one candidate I didn't want to vote for, but I did because she was a Republican, but I went ahead and voted for her. But I'm in yeah. work. You could probably yeah. guess who she is, but I'm not going to mm. say that. Yeah. I don't want her to lose, honestly. Yeah. But, um, but I just don't want our American patriots out there. Just think we got it in the bag. It's all done. No, get know, out bro. there and vote, y'all. It's, it's no line. It was real simple. Just pass my ID over. Then they hand me a, a, a ballot, and I went to the machine, and, and it printed my ballot up, and I turned my ballot in. I was a happy camper, and I voted, and I've got my I voted sticker on my car, and I voted on the <laughs> sticker on my shirt. I'm a happy camper. Very yeah. good. Now, I, I think it, it, they always have the Yo Vote uh, version of the sticker. I think they have a new Ukrainian sticker. It's in Ukrainian. <laughs> and I could be wrong. It could be wrong. Well, doesn't it feel good, though? Doesn't it feel good, though? Oh, doesn't yeah. It, you like just feel left good left when you vote. Elected. Yeah, and I, I felt almost as good as when I voted in 2020 until, until they, the next day when I found out they robbed it. Yeah, I'm not stupid. <laughs> yeah, I know, brother. I, I know 100. Yeah. percent Yeah, and I, I uh, you know, I was doing a little bit of a vote monitoring. You know, there are a lot of people who are kind of watching the ballot boxes, uh, and uh, and I drove by, and there were some people actually standing outside of the cemetery nearby, uh, worried about uh, vote stealing from dead Democrats. I said, you don't need to monitor that. <laughs> you, you don't need to be at the cemetery. It doesn't happen that way. <laughs> <laughs> can't track a dead voter, right? <laughs> All right, I bro. I heard they're tr- tracking dead dogs now, too. But letting yeah. dead dogs vote, too. I yeah, think. I saw that. There was a dead dog the other day. Got a guy got a ballot. He was a leftist, actually. He actually turned it in. He's like, the dog's dead. I was like, oh, my God. Well, thank God a Democrat at least said, oh, I'm not going to go ahead and fill out the, the uh, thing for my dog. He turned it in, which, you know, kudos. You know, let's meet on the battlefield of voting. Let's if you are if you're a Democrat, you want to vote Democrat, vote Democrat. If I'm a Republican, I'm going to vote Republican. There you go, and and then we'll just hash it out in the in the vote. Stop trying to steal crap. You know what? We're honestly because nothing good is going to come out of this. And I would if I were you, and I'm going to say this, Chris, if the Democrats only get 
voted out of office. Uh, if the Democrats only get those who took part in all of the nonsense, all of the, the COVID cover-up, all of the uh, election yeah. steal, if that's all that comes out of this American revolution, I would consider yourself to be fortunate if I were a Democrat. Because right now, there are a lot of people who'd like to see some other things happen. I'm not down with that. But I will no. tell you, we are going to win this at the ballot box. And if there's any sort of BS around the ballot box, then all bets are off. Yeah. Hey, well, Rob, I love you, Fort Worth. Leno loves you. And uh, you and Jim Gossett are the great, awesome uh, yeah. duo. Yeah, you Jim's know, awesome. great to have, you have Alex Stein on your show, too. You oh, I've had Alex on my show. show up. I've had Alex on my back. show. Yeah, Val, Alex is really funny. And I've got another great uh, conservative comedian at the bottom of the hour I think you're really going to enjoy. All He's right, got a great cool. new Tyler Fisher. Uh, hey, buddy, thank you. Thanks for voting. God bless you. And uh, we'll oh talk next week. Oh, my we'll God, I'm so week. embarrassed. I was just doing girl oh, stuff because it's on day one. Of girlhood. I'm so excited to be a girl. My China, name is China. Taylor. It used that to be actually Tyler, the, but I uh, killed that there patriarchal man, and I'm now a girl. Hold on. There you go. That's the guy we have on the bottom of the hour. Uh, I don't know why that just started, but it did. Tyler Fisher is going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour. Let's take a break. Come back. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. There's only one cure for Americans who are sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm going to give you hope. Vote Democrats out. It's the Rob Carson Show. One of the uh, hallmarks of great uh, uh, satire is a grain of truth. You've got to have some truth to it, you see. That's what I try to do here. That's what I did for uh, Rush Limbaugh for many years. I now collaborate with this wonderful guy named Jim Gossett, who's a frigging genius. And uh, and I came up with this the other night. This is uh, something. And and again, when you we try, you make a point with humor, be truthful about it. All right. Like for instance, um, uh, you know, if you were watch uh, Saturday Night Live, they lie a lot. Uh, you see things like um, uh, Stephen Colbert. Sk- Stephen Colbert, he makes up crap. Here's Stephen Colbert the other night talking about a guy who left the Democrat Party. Uh, Stephen Colbert said he, d- he didn't exist, and uh, the guy's saying, oh, no, I do. Worried about this issue. So is this guy she totally made up. Talking about uh, uh, porn in school libraries. A gentleman come up to me just a few nights ago, and he said, I found content in my school library describing how to have sex to my son. I went to the Democrats and I said, I cannot believe that this is in there. Okay. (laughs) Fine. That happened. But even if it did, if someone found a book they didn't like at a school library, why would they go to the Democrats? That's like saying, excuse me, is this Chuck Schumer's office? Okay, there you go. Uh, No, he actually did exist. I have his name and everything. I'll get it to you in just one second. Uh, But here is, this is, for instance, a piece of satire we just did this week. And, and this, basically, in, in, a, in a very brief moment, uh, asks all the questions that should be asked of the Paul Pelosi attack. Just listen carefully. It's funny, and it's truthful. If he had a hammer, yeah. where's the footage from the evening? I don't know. Where's the footage from the break-in yeah. committed by this man? Why was he wearing undies? Could there have been a third man? Why did Paul call him a friend if he didn't know, know this man? Colbert guy was Khalil Ackman. Paul got arrested. 41-year-old guy. They say someone was with him. Could this be the same guy who lives in a van? Uh, It is. The timing is suspicious. 
Right before the midterm. There is that. The official story no one's buying all over this land. Yeah, nice try. We don't believe it. When an attack happens. Yeah. To someone on our side. Never say anything. You never hear a damn thing. Rand Paul. All over this land. And the assault on Lee Zeldin. The Rubio door knocker. Or what about the crazy next door neighbor who almost killed Rand? Okay, so there you go. Uh, nothing in there makes fun of Paul Pelosi, the attack on Paul Pelosi. But it does uh, make fun of the cover-up. And the unanswered questions. That's funny, you see. Let's go to Estelle in Santa Clara, the home of KSCO, our glorious affiliate there. Estelle, how are you today? Hi, Mr. Carson. I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. I just am feeling kind of sick lately. Listening to the news, it is go- going on morning, noon, and night, and through the middle of the night regarding Mr. Pelosi. Okay, we have so much problem going on here with crime, homelessness, and they're not actually talking about any of that. Last night it was very, very cold here, and the homeless people are out sleeping on the street, and our vets, our vets are sitting on the park benches in Santa Clara, because I saw them yesterday. I was there, okay, to my post office, and also... They are blaming President Trump for this situation <laughs> that happened. We, yeah. I feel sorry for what happened for him. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But what happened to the number one security at their yeah. home? Yes. That's a question. Of course. Yeah. Estelle, this is all, uh, this is all common sense. And, uh, you know, you did make a great point. There are a lot of homeless people in, uh, in that area. And if anything, this should be kind of uh, a signal to the Democrat party. Hey, you're, uh, you're a crime, uh, your crime problem is, uh, is causing this. You are the ones who defunded the police. You are the ones who allowed these, uh, open air drug markets. So it is a big surprise when some guy living in a van breaks into your home. Estelle, I appreciate your phone call. Have a glorious day. We, uh, we'll have to talk to you again Thank soon. You okay. Very much. Uh, we are, I am praying, okay? I am All praying right. to make, make America great again. All right. Have a glorious one. Tyler Fisher is a conservative comedian, and he's really funny, and we're going to talk to him next about the ascendancy of conservative comedy. I know. We can be funny. I've been saying that for about 30 years. This is The Rob Carson Show. Joe Biden's been asleep for years. This has to be a wake-up call and shine a bright spotlight on anything like this behavior anywhere. It's the Rob Carson Show. Oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. I was just doing girl stuff because it's day one of girlhood. I'm so excited to be a girl. My name is Taylor. It used to be Tyler, but I killed that patriarchal man, and I'm now a girl. This is Tyler Fisher. Uh, his latest viral video, making fun of Dylan Mulvaney, the uh, the person who literally a 200-day-old woman got invited to the White House a couple weeks ago. Been a woman for 200 days and moved in front of millions of women to sit with Joe Biden. He joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. Tyler, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm good, man. I got some cramps going right now, so we got to make this quick. <laughs> well, here's the deal. I would get some Cabernet, maybe a Chardonnay, a hot bath, and some chocolate. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you just you came, you hit this the other day. You came out with this the other day, and uh, I think this is. I've seen your stuff before, by the way. This was great. What kind of reaction did you get with uh, you pretending a uh, day one of girlhood uh, after you did this with uh, Tyler or with uh, Dylan Mulvaney's appearance at the White House? Overwhelming support. I mean, a lot of like, yes, queen, go girl. In fact, like <laughs> I got so much support, I started to understand why he was doing it. I'm like, this is this is the most uh, support I've ever gotten in my career. And so I don't I was telling someone the other day, someone's like, that was transphobic. I'm like, no, I'm just jealous of the guy. You know, <laughs> he. I'm, I'm currently banned on TikTok. He's got eight million views. Yeah, but. Yeah. The secret is, if you're a man, you pretend to be a woman, even if it's the most stereotypical, annoying, you know, type of woman, you get full-blown support. So they th these people have put themselves in a corner where now a lot of people can't even attack me because I can go, wait a minute, I'm, I'm a girl. You can't tell me I'm not based on your, you know, delusion that if you feel something, you are it. So uh, it's it's very it's become very meta at this point. Now, Tyler, the other day <clears throat> when I saw Dylan Mulvaney, uh, I saw the uh, the video and I was so over the top. Uh, this person did uh, several videos, including uh, like day three, she was a bimbo drinking uh, mid do day drinking in L.A. You know, and she was doing this all of this over the top cliched women stuff. And I thought maybe this person was trying to be satirical. And then I realized, nah, um, I'm thinking just maybe, maybe uh, kind of uh, mentally ill. What do you think? Do you think it's a? Do you think it's a uh, a charade? Do you think it's a a, a giant, uh, 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 not necessarily a fraud, but uh, you know, an attempt at satire, making fun of the cliches of women? Or do you think this person actually is moving ahead of women to become a woman? Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a comedian who makes fun of everything. I, there is no topic off limits, so I, I'm not offended by the stereotype stuff. I think it's, I think it's funny for a guy to dress up as a girl and be like, "This is what girls do." I'm gaslighting my boyfriend. I just me too'd somebody. I mean, yes. it's, that's fine, but to to, I'm not willing to say you're actually a woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. It's hard. It's so confusing at this point. There's yeah. so there's like a million new rules uh, and genders and like it's hard to know what the hell's going on. Yeah, and it's all nonsense, to be quite honest. It, it's all absolute nonsense. It's madness. And, and you can pretend all you want. I don't care. You know, uh, I mean, there was a time. Like, for instance, you remember when Vanity Fair came out and Kendall Gender was on the co color cover? And my, my producer shows, he says, hey, check this out. I'm looking at it. I'm like, hey, hey, hey. And then he goes, that's Bruce Jenner. And then I had a kind of that crying game reaction, you know, kind of like, uh, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. but, you know. But I was like, okay, you know. So if you you want to do that that's fine i don't care just don't say that a 12 year old can get uh, you know uh, hormone uh, puberty blockers and and surgery before puberty that's insane that's that's that's, being, that's, that's, that's crossed the line for me that's why i was like i'm gonna make fun of this because i think that is you know uh uh that crosses the line in a big way because yeah. you know you you better prove to me in some way by like a really skilled psychologist that you actually have you know severe gender dysphoria or dysmorphia whatever it is mm -hmm. uh i'm sure there's a very small percentage like you know i'm small i'm five foot four i think i'm tall i think i'm six five and i really do i think people are like man you seem confident because i think i'm this huge dude i get my ass kicked all the time because of it <laughs> but but 
it, it's like, Rob, if I told you, Rob, you know, look, man, I think I'm 6'5". I want you to call me Tall Tyler. And when I walk in the room, I want you to just look up, you know, pretend like I'm up there. You'd be like, go to hell, man. So, so it, there, there's no difference. It's yeah. like uh, – yeah. Why are we giving this just extreme compassion without questioning anything for this one uh, mental illness? Yeah. It's I, crazy. I, it, it is crazy. And, and allowing Leah Thomas to uh, be failing uh, until her senior year in college and, and then suddenly getting a, a pass to change in the locker room and curb stomp women in the pool and destroy their careers. I mean, honestly, it is obscene. And then you got the CDC the other day replacing the words pregnant women with pregnant people. And this to me is an insult because I just happen to... I, do you have a mother? I'm just going to go. Because I, I had a mother, and she passed away. She was a woman. She was a cisgendered woman. I've got a daughter who is a cis. Do you, do you, any, any of this familiar? Have you ever known a cisgendered woman before? I'm just asking, Tyler, because they seem to be becoming increasingly rare. You're already brainwashed. You're using a word cis, which is a made-up term by of course, these folks. Of course it is. Of course people, it is. People have to stop. It's amazing how quick this stuff spreads because now, like, I'll, you know, straight dudes are like, I'm a cis, straight, white male. I'm like, nah. shut up. You're yeah. a man. You're a man. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Let me ask Get you this. Get the at your butt. You, um, uh, you have comedy in your blood. How did you start becoming uh, a comedian? How, when did you start realizing you could make uh, a living doing this? And why is it important to you? Yeah, sure. I mean, I yeah, I was like failing out of high school and I just uh, took an improv class and people started laughing and I realized like, you know, and I, and I am short. Right. So I did get bullied a lot as a kid. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I've got my dad is gay. My dad came out of the closet in the early 90s. Gotcha. I got bullied gotcha. for that. So this was like, oh, people will listen to me if I wrap things up yeah. uh, with humor. So. Um, it's important because it's like I and now I can get all there's so much going on right now. So oh, yeah. I can now I know, I know. wrap all of my thoughts up in jokes. And I did a show last night. Um, I'm, I'm pretty apolitical, gotcha. but uh, mm-hmm. people now will say, oh, you you do far right comedy. Oh, dear Lord. But but what they mean is like I just am free, you know, so freedom has now become labeled, you know, far right extremist. Uh, but I had a woman walk out. She goes, I've never seen you before. I'm like a far, far lefty liberal. Everything you said was hilarious. Good. Uh, which you, is a good know, sign. And, so and here's the thing, Tyler. Good here's the thing. You, you disarm the opposition with humor. I've been doing it. I started writing for Rush Limbaugh uh, back around 1990 when I graduated from college. And as far as you're like, I, I'm a walking wounded member as well. I like to say my emotional baggage is arriving on carousels one, two, three, and four. They make the best comedians. So you and I have gone through the same thing. Let me ask you this. Who do you admire in comedy? Because I admire comedy. I, Dave Chappelle is one of my favorites. Uh, I've got others. Uh, Bo Burnham is one of my, my recent favorites. Absolutely. Have you ever ever seen his Netflix show where he does the entire show in his apartment? Absolutely freaking brilliant. Who do you look up to as far as not only now but in your past that inspired you as a comedian? I think George Carlin for sure. Um, You know, I I do – everyone wonders what he would think about nowadays. But, (laughs) you know, he was was famous for having the seven words you can't say back in the 70s. But I'm thinking nowadays that if he was alive today, he'd be like – you know, these here's the 700 topics you can't talk about. So yeah. things have gotten worse since him. So I'm a little jealous of uh, the freedom someone like him had, um, you know, Seinfeld, Dave Chappelle. Uh, but I got I got a, a little disappointed during the pandemic when I saw a lot of my my comedian heroes, you know, turn into these uh, uh, covid uh you know, uh, shamers, you yeah, know? I know, and I know. And, and, you know, I, I refuse to perform anywhere 
that had a vaccine mandate and uh, right. you know I got attacked by a lot of people probably including some of my um my comedy hero. So you know, and I, I kind of I, I, lost I, my erection for some of these guys. <laughs> well, you see like Stephen Colbert doing a dance number with, uh, uh, you know, people dressed up as syringes. I mean, like, I mean, can you be more of a shill for the party? Uh, and, you know, listen, here's the thing. I, I make fun of when I wrote for Limbaugh. I, I made fun of both sides of the political equation because there is plenty to make fun of on either side. Now, I am politically a libertarian-leaning com- uh, conservative, meaning that I want smaller government, secure more more to strong military. Don't care if gay people want to get married. If you want to suffer the same thing that I've gone through the last 24 years, I mean, have at you. Don't even care. You know, if you want to make pot legal in like, uh, I live in Kansas. Uh, You know, I'm not a big pot smoker myself. But if all states in the country, uh, there's one state that really needs to get high, it's Kansas uh, for a variety of reasons. I won't get into it. But that's where I live. But you could at least, as a comedian, appreciate funny no matter who it comes from, right? But when you cross that line to propaganda, then you're done. Yeah, yeah. Seinfeld said he's funny is funny. He doesn't care what you're joking about. You know, some people will say, you know, you got to tell the truth as a comedian. You know, Stephen Wright, uh, he wasn't telling the truth. He was making up absurd stories that were brilliant. And so uh, I think I, I just want to get back to being entertaining. Amen. And if there's some message in there that I'm slipping in, fine, but – um, I, 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 there's there's so much more to make fun of that's happening on the political left right now, yes. and so to me it's a it's a silly move to not focus on that. There's not a lot of funny stuff happening on the right, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it, unless Trump's back, you know, which and I still do I, I still do Trump, you know, for these kind of more woke crowds, and sure. I'll just pretend like he does a rally in Brooklyn, New York, and. You know, but so frankly, there's so many people here. There's so many. Everybody's gender fluid. Everybody's fluid, Rob. They're so wet. You know, everybody's wet and fluid, and everybody like everybody's having a great time. Uh, and, uh, and so that yeah, that's kind of my goal. But that was good. Fun. That was good. I got a guy uh, who does my song parody named Sean Farish. He's from Long Island. And he does okay. uh, he does my Trump parodies. I'll have to send you a couple because you're going to freak. Although that Trump was really good, dude. That was. How did, let me ask you this: because I've been trying on my Trump. How did you get your Trump down? So, frankly, yeah. first you got to do the sniff, right? Nobody do the sniff. does the the sniff, the little okay. cocaine bump. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying here. Yeah. I'm working on it. So, he's just so so fun to watch, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And 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 it's fun to watch these like you know if I have like a it's super super woke you know feminist in the crowd and I break his voice out. You see their life flash before their eyes. I mean, I, I've had people cover their ears, and you know they just can't believe it. Uh, but it's 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 fun. Everyone's now, having a good time. Does it come now. in any surprise to you um, that uh, you know, I've got a TV show on Newsmax on the weekends? Donald Trump said that I'm the funniest person on television. I actually was invited to have dinner with him at Mar-a-Lago. Okay. I know, guy selling car. I was selling two cars two years ago. Right, I had to Whoa. take a break from radio. I had no money. I was selling cars, right, because radio rejected me. And then I get invited to Mar-a-Lago for lunch with Donald Trump, and it was it was marvelous. Great, great guy. But um, uh, I think that uh, is it a surprise to you that like Gutfeld, Gutfeld rolls around. He's got I think it's a it's a very nice show, uh, and he is kicking late night's ass. And late night has all the actors, all the musical acts. They've got Adele. They've got everybody. And here is little old Greg Gutfeld with his band of misfits. You got an old pro wrestler over here. You got a, a little, uh, you know, minx over here with glasses that are so heavy her face almost falls. She's hilarious. And they're kicking yeah. late nights, but what do you think about that? 
Yeah, well, the, you could tell they're not censoring themselves. Obviously, oh. they're skewing they're skewing to the right. But again, there's just more to make fun of right now. That could switch at any moment. But uh, they're, he's uninhibited. He says yes. what's on his mind. And uh, and I think that's what people want to see. And when you see a conservative, you don't have to act like you're going to church. Nothing against going to church. But I see on Greg Gutfeld shows, they make they have sexual innuendo. They have uh, drug innuendo. Just joking. And they it's all unserious. It's like a conversation you'd have with somebody who's funny. I know this because I'm funny. You know this because you're funny. And so it, it's it's nice to to not sit here and go, oh, gosh, darn it. You know, they at least talk like we do. And they're brave. Breaking down a wall there for, I think, conservative comedy to become more mainstream instead of you find out you're a conservative, you get your TV show canceled, you know. Yeah, so, and I think it's good. You know, I, I always tell comedians, don't don't tell anyone your political uh, no, um, no. party, you know, because you're going to turn off half the people. So yes. uh, but I don't think yeah, I don't think he really like labels himself as conservative. And he's gone after Trump a lot. And yeah. uh you know, you have someone like Ben Shapiro, who frankly, you know, talks a little fast for me, and I really can't keep up with him. And this impression is brought to you by ExpressVPN, so Ben, fifty percent off. But uh, I think a lot of these, what I'm noticing is a lot of people on the right, they still make fun of the right just as much. Yeah. Um, I think more so than people on the left who go, I can't touch this. I'm not going to make fun of it. All right, Tyler, we got to run, man. But uh, I want to have you on my TV show sometime, and I'd love to have you back on the radio show. Uh, TylerFisher.com. Uh, That's S-C-H, by the way. TylerFisher.com. Where else can people find you, bro? Yeah, I'll, and I'll be performing in Washington, yes. D.C. on next Friday, uh, November 11th at the City Winery. So you can go to my website. And, uh, yeah, I got a comedy special on YouTube called The New Normal, so check it out, and I'm all over the Internet. All right, my brother. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. If the left tells you to quiet down, get louder. It's The Rob Carson Show. I want to thank Tyler Fisher for being on the show. A funny guy, and I'm telling you guys, the, uh, the ascendancy of conservative comedy is happening. I've been doing it for a long time. And, uh, and why not? Why can't we be funny? It's absurd to uh, think otherwise. Um, there you go. So, hey, I want to mention something real quick. Uh, Powerful Living creates this. Uh, they've created these wonderful little uh, portable generators that run on solar power. I've got one for my house. It's called the Power Source 1800. It's a little bit smaller than a dorm refrigerator. And you can stack them on top of each other. It's 1800 watts. And they got three 110 outlets with the grounds on there. So you can plug a refrigerator in, your computer in, space heater on. Is it going to heat your whole house? Is it going to do your whole house? No, it's not meant for that. It's meant for emergencies when the grid is down. And I got to tell you, I love mine. I'm going to, we're, we're using it in my wife's she shed because she's got a little uh, she shed with a little heater out there. And if we need to go to the she shed and live for a couple of days, if there's an outage, then we can't. Otherwise, what you do with this is you, you plug in your solar panels, you charge it up, you bring it inside, you wheel it in. It's not really heavy. You just wheel it in and you set it there and it runs your refrigerator for a couple of days. It's pretty remarkable. So if you're interested in it, just, just to find out, just go to roboffgrid.com. Roboffgrid.com. I would have never considered this, but there's so much crap going on in the country right now. My wife and I have one. And it is uh, pretty amazing. Power Source eighteen hundred, little uh, just this little glorious generator, and uh, and you can roll it right in the house after it's charged. You can run a you know cord in, and you can you can have it charge outside continually. 
RobOffGrid.com. Use the promo code ROB. Get over $1,500 in free off-grid bonuses. It's a big deal, RobOffGrid.com. Uh, it's, it's very cool. I'm going to be sharing on my social media. I've already showed pictures. I'm, I'm hooking it up this weekend. So you follow me on social media. If you would, uh, a couple of things before I go. I'll just kind of do a little mop-up here. A couple of things that were kind of extraordinary. Uh, you know, I've been mentioning the DHS has been in bed with um, uh, big social media to shut down free speech in America, to shut down the discussion of Hunter Biden's laptop, to shut down any dissent with regard to the uh, Afghan pullout. And, uh, and the S is going to hit the fan. Jim Cramer, who is... Uh, and I've never been a big fan of Jim Cramer. He literally uh, started talking about how uh, the government needs to control free speech through propaganda. Listen to this. And then listen to the reaction he gets from his fellow hosts, uh, Jim Cramer. This is unbelievable. Yeah. And, and they got to deal with what do you do if you told people the way to beat this is no vaccine. Right. And now you have a vaccine. So I think what you need is a propagandist. He said, I think what we need is a propagandist. And he lets it go. And the other two hosts are sitting there like, you didn't just say that, did you? Outside of the state infrastructure. Exactly. To start moving political opinion. But I think when we think of propaganda, we think about other regimes that we didn't really appreciate. Other regimes that we didn't really appreciate. I presume he means Cuba. Probably uh, the former Soviet Union. The other hosts are literally sitting there like, what are you, are you out of your freaking nuts? You are a financial expert. Uh, your career is based on capitalism. The reason why you're famous is because you live in America. i be silent. I am silent. I'm just thinking about those poor people stuck at Disney, Shanghai Disney for... It's a I mean, it's the worst places to be stuck, yeah, but still. Chief, it's a real small world. It'd be like you're, you're, you know, you're sitting here with a bunch of friends, and they're like, you know, hey, man, I really enjoyed that football. How about killing people? Man, I love to kill people. I wish they'd make it legal. And everybody's like, what? What? Yeah, I know. Let's uh, wrap things up. Come back in a second. This is The Rob Carson Show. All right, guys, got to go. If you want to check out the podcast, go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. If you want to vote for Joe Pinion to beat Chuck Schumer, go to JoePinion.com. God bless you guys. I'll see you tomorrow. Until then, do not catch the stupid. Be determined, not deterred. See ya.